Well, thank you for finding us live upon the interwebs. This is Caching in the Northwest, the only podcast from the birthplace of geocaching in the great Pacific Northwest. Each week, we're going to talk about caches and cachers from here and around the globe. So while you're debating planets and oily bubbles, we'll be caching in the Northwest. And you know, you know, we can't do that without bringing in our maintenance monkey. Some say, like Dr. Frankenstein, he will leave you in stitches. And others say he's incapable of tanning. All we know is that he's called Land Monkey. Hello, 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 my friends. It is great to be back here again. It is so fun to enjoy my Thursday evenings with my friends. And that includes all you awesome people over in the chat. I hope you all have had an awesome week so far. And Many of you are probably excited and looking forward to GeoCoin Fest coming up uh, just in a couple of days. And technically, it's already underway, so that's kind of neat. But I, uh, speaking of GeoCoin Fest and all things geocaching, I want to make sure we introduce our guests for tonight, the Land Sharks. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Nice to be here. It's going very well, and it's going even better because my friends, the Land Sharks, are on the podcast tonight. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Awesome. Well, you'll be sick and tired of me by the end of the weekend, so I'll just yeah. start now. <laughs> All right. Um, it won't take the whole weekend. No, it probably won't. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I said that out loud. I, I That was supposed to be an inside word. Yeah, inside oh. voice, Chris. All right. So, um, you know, we also want to throw out a quick reminder that we appreciate the support of our patrons who help to keep this podcast coming each and every week. And if you want to know more about being a patron and supporting the show, click on that lovely Patreon link on the cachingnw.com website. It's over there on the left-hand side about midway down. That's that's right, over there. Yeah. Over there. <laughs> I don't know. It could be over there. I don't know if the video is reversed by the time you get to see it. Wait, why? I don't know why it would change. But you know what never changes? No, what? It's our love of good geocaching logs, or what we like to call the GLOW, the geocaching log of the week. So whether you wrote it or whether you read it, we want to hear about it because great logs simply make geocaching better. Send an email to feedback at cachingnw.com. You can always call into 253-693-TFTC or use the voicemail tool right there on the website and show us how you glow. And we have, well, not quite a special guest, but very special indeed, the glow this evening. Here we go. GC49CF9, a cache called number six, fish out of water. A nice cool day for caching. I was running errands in the area and decided a quick walk and grab during a low on the daily grind is just what the doctor ordered. The unscrambled hint revealed the word cedar, and I groaned in anticipation of a tedious search as several large cedar trees came into sight at Ground Zero. Surely, creative cache owners like Fisher007 and Bella wouldn't subject fellow cachers to another life-sucking bison tube in cedar nightmare. After plunging through a curtain of foliage to get into the guts of twin cedars, my nostrils were assaulted by the pungent odor of death. A writhing insect banquet, formerly an adult, Crow provided the macabre welcome. This poor fellow must have had a little too much to drink at the pub before last caw and crash landed into the trees above. Tearing my gaze from the gruesome sight, the cache revealed itself only a few feet away. Fisher 007 and Bella came through with another creatively decorated container. Owners like this must be the reason Geocaching HQ adopted smiley faces for fines. Log signed and bidding farewell to my festering feathered companion, I stepped out of the shadows back into the welcoming May sunshine. As I strolled down the meandering path to back to the geomobile, I left a profound sense of gratitude for a new smiley, wonderful hobby, and another day above ground. Wow, it almost sounded like his voice. We were getting pretty good at that. Was that your ventriloquism act, Chris? That was amazing. Yeah, you did a good job, too. Thank you. Yeah. When our voices combine at yeah. the exact same time, it sounds just like Jim. 
Except keepers the cash flow says you boys look like you have Tourette's. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Not cool, man. Not cool. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> I, I don't know what it's too soon to, but I'm just, I don't know. I couldn't come up with anything. Better. Oh, well done. No, hey. That was great. And hey, actually, I want to throw out as well. So that was from Alpinies. And Alpinies recently um, got, I believe, FTF on one of those great Canadian trail caches. The, um, yeah. So there you go. And uh, Landsharks, you guys have found a couple of them. Did you get FTF on either? No. 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 We were going to go out at 11 o'clock at night one night, and we were just too tired. We figured, okay, we'll get up early in the morning. And uh, 6 o'clock in the morning rolled around. We had an hour's drive to get to where we thought it would be. And uh, we decided to roll just, over. And it was way easier to roll over, go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and a local cashier did go up and get it at like 11 o'clock, 11, 10 or 11 that morning. Yeah, we would have, we would have had it had we not decided to go back to sleep. <laughs> oh, well, okay. there you go. That's awesome. But yeah, so congrats to Alpines. <laughs> they, uh, Alpines does listen to the show. Uh, hopefully they're, they're, uh, able to hear this one either tonight or, uh, recorded afterwards, but thanks for sending that in. That was a lot of fun. Um, I am familiar with that cache series. Fortunately, I have not come across a decomposing crow when I've gone to any of those mm. particular caches. But, you know, it happens. It's nature, man. Mm-hmm. Nature happens all the time outside. does. does. Yeah. Sometimes inside, and that's usually not a good thing. Indeed. So, uh, Mr. of the Northwest, you've got some announcements you want to make here? I do. First of all, I want you to send us... Who, me? Yes. Everyone. Oh, okay. But mostly the land monkeys. Send us your strange and strange but true tales for an upcoming show we're doing. Okay, define strange but true. Well, um, I was just on a road trip with uh, Iham and Monkey Cakes, and we talked about uh, Willie Keel and his odd travels to the Northwest here. I have no idea who you're talking about. I know. And you won't until the strange, but true show coming up. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. Willie Keel uh, was promised that he would make it to the Northwest one way or another. And he did one way or another, one way or another. Uh, another one. Do you remember? We talked often about the manhunt series uh, in east of here, a little south. I can't remember what area it is. Oh, the caches. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. caches. It was a cache. Yeah. And uh, I pulled up that story as well. Strange but true. You know, a man who lived out in the wilderness for uh, quite so many years before a posse came and hunted him down. So just, uh, you know, things that are, are odd about the Northwest or, or really wherever you are. And uh, we'll do not quite a scary show but maybe something a little spooky oh. and mysterious oh so we're, we're planning this for approximately a month from now well now that you mentioned that and if you look at the calendar yes <laughs> i try not to look at the calendar except for on thursdays so okay good hey um if folks want a tip on where to look for strange but true tales around central british columbia Check out the Gold Country Geo Tour caches. Many of them in the cache descriptions contain amazing, strange but true tales. So definitely, there's somewhere to go if you're looking for some some stuff to send into the podcast. Hey, over on the island, there, you guys know lots of strange but true stories that are kind of based on Vancouver Island. Um, I'm sure we could dig some up. There's a whimsical graveyard cache, but I think it's now been archived up by. Parksville That's somewhere. just a strange but true it's cache. It's a strange but true cache. But okay. people often have strange but true stories from going to find it just because it's kind of creepy in the woods. But nice. Sounds yeah. good. I'll keep an eye out for them. There you, there go. you go. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So what else you got? Well, Flower Pop Man sent some feedback via YouTube. He says, I've logged my will attend for the 2019 Geocoin Fest in Manchester. I was only in, I was only intended to come up on the Saturday only. Now that you mentioned brewery on the Friday, LOL, I need to figure out uh, if possible, because my son who was bringing me back home from school on the, at 4.30 then, I'll have a two-hour drive with traffic up north. I'm looking forward to it, but not been to a large event before, never mind a mega. 
great show, by the way. Cool. Oh, you've got to go for the mega. I mean, it's it's a life changing geocaching experience to go to your first mega. It is. That would have been in response to last week's show. Then I'm guessing. exactly last week's show about uh, Geocoin Fest, not with JP. So not just Geocoin Fest USA, but Geocoin Fest EU, and the yeah. upcoming 2019 Manchester, England. That was a lot of fun having JP on the show. We'll see him this weekend. Looking forward to that. Yes, that'll be great. Very cool. Yes. Um, and Flower Pot Man, the name of the person that sent that in. I am really curious what his superpower is. So we'll have to figure that out as it goes on. <laughs> Mulching, obviously. Uh, clearly. I can turn <laughs> anything into mulch. All right. So what else we got? Um, you want me to take the next one? Sure. All right, so some local geocachers, uh, just in time for Geocoin Fest 2018 in Issaquah, Washington. Um, local paper down in that area has a story called A Treasure Hunt for the Turn of the Century. Mill Creek is the latest city to hide five geocaches just in time for Geocoin Fest 2018 in Issaquah. So this was published Sunday, September 23rd. Oh, that's pretty recent. Since the last show. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, the story goes on to talk about a fellow named Rich Schlafer and his daughter and that they like to go on treasure hunts. And so, of course, we're talking about geocaching. So it's a neat article. If you get a chance to check that out, it is in what what paper is that even in? The Herald Net. Herald. Mm-hmm. Uh, www.heraldnet.com. So there you go. And uh, check it out. Uh, if I scroll down to the end of the story here. Um, uh, Rich and Hinako post videos of their geocaching hunts on YouTube. Their channel is called Komikino and the Kid. They also attend geocaching gatherings, including a trip this summer to visit the oldest geocache in Washington near Mount Margaret in the South Cascades. Don't say the name of the cache because we want the podcast to keep going. Um, or the, the GC code. All right. And uh, so it's kind of cool. Um, so if you have checked out their YouTube channel, if you haven't checked out their YouTube channel, check it out. Komikino and the kid. Nice. Very cool. So congrats to them for getting an article about them in the newspaper. Uh, nice. Brian Lang said it. We're done. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Brian Lang. <laughs> hey, the next news article we're just going to touch on briefly. Uh, and it's just to be aware when you're out geocaching, let other people know where you're going. Better yet, go with a group, a very large group. You know, so that you're in the middle and usually safe from animal attacks. Or at least Um, people you can run faster than. Exactly. This one, I mean, you know, we joke about it, but uh, a story I found uh, in Oregon Live says, uh, Cougar attack suspected in death of missing Oregon hiker found near Mount Hood. So she went out and didn't come back in a reasonable time. And they went and searched and found that her, found her body and you know, looks like she was attacked and killed by a cougar. So really be careful out there, folks. Yeah, That's so all I want to say. That's about 17 miles east of Sandy um, near the Zigzag Ranger Station um, in Mount Hood National Forest. So, yeah. Um, be safe out there, guys. Um, take reasonable precautions. And, you know, if you're hearing or see signs of cougar in area, then, you know, rethink the hike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no geocache is worth it. Well, all right. Yeah. No. No geocache is worth it. All right. All right. Well, you know, speaking of deciding which caches are worth things and which are not, um, you know that you might be a caching connoisseur. If. If. Um, that, that just really leaves me hanging. If what? Dot, uh, dot, dot. Yeah. If, dot, if. dot. If. Um, if Wits End joins your podcast, then you are a caching connoisseur. Of course we are. A caching connoisseur at that point. Yes. Um, so what we're talking about, of course, is the next, um, you might be a geocacher if, um, <clears throat> this is the caching connoisseur, is uh, October's challenge. Um, and what we're talking about with this one basically is favorite points. Uh, you earn higher points in your friend league score for finding caches with 10 or more favorite points. The way it's going to work, find a cache with less than 10 favorite points, five Find a cache with 10 plus favorite points, 15, attend an event, five points, drop a trackable one point. Oh, they're adding drop a trackable back in again. That's interesting. All right. So drop a trackable in is a single point. No extra points for difficulty or terrain this month. It's all about quality, folks. 
So yeah, you have to find at least four. There's, there's no shortcut to, you know, squeeze out just two or what have you, but uh, yeah, find a geocache with 10 or more favorite points and that's 15. So, right. So now speaking of, well, you, I guess, I guess you could do 15 and then drop a bunch of tra trackables. You could. Uh, and if you were legitimately dropping the trackables into the highly favorite pointed cache, then good for you. If you're gaming the system, then come on, suck it up, play proper. All you right. know, yes, I, you, I used to think like you did land monkey until, you know, there was a, you wanted the souvenir so bad that you, well, no, until there was a souvenir event and I really didn't have the opportunity to go geocaching because of other obligations. So I was able to find a couple and drop a bunch of tra trackables in them and get the uh, the souvenir. Because, you know, what What if you're in an area that doesn't have many geocaches or you don't have transportation or, or, or there's a lot of reasons why? Like if you're moving your office across the street when they're having this big thing like that. And as I was packing, every single trackable that came out of my drawer, I activated it and dropped it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and then I <laughs> dropped oh, it in the ca office cache for people to discover. Oh, <laughs> well, good for you. You know what? But you guys have that giant geocache, that super cool, highly favorite pointed geocache that you can't find yeah. inside your office. And if you're legitimately dropping the trackables into that cache, then all right. I'll I did. It. Okay. I've, I've filled it every couple of days. I just put more and more and more trackables in it. And Christy is like, you can't go and putting those out. I said, yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So you were legitimately dropping trackables. So I'm talking about people who like drop them electronically, but never actually physically drop the trackable anywhere. Yeah. No, we that, put that, some rare ones out too. Wow. Yeah. Were there some of the, the geckos? Uh, no, ones we'd actually got from other people, ones that were some that were gifts that we hadn't even activated yet. So I activated those and sent them out to travel. Wow, good for you guys. Yeah. There you go. Also, last some new icons. What did you give away? <laughs> <laughs> you last year's GIF <laughs> event coin? No, right, don't, that's gorgeous. Wow, shiny. Yeah, those are nice. I like that. Those are beautiful. Um, so speaking of favorite points on caches, that's also a big piece of news. And we're going to get way more into that in the after show. So folks stay tuned for the after show, because we are going to talk all about the log up votes. And I know, uh, Helen, Chris, you guys, uh, posted on your social media about the log up votes, um, earlier today. That's, you know, big breaking news. I think it, the news broke today, but, um, you can now Canadians. Uh, you can't spoil it. They have to stay tuned for the after show. All right. All right. And I'll leave it at that. But log up. Votes, we're going to talk about it in the after show. Yeah. No spoiling. All right. Fine. Definitely stick around for the after show. It's going to be a good one. All right. Well, um, I, I see the mustache there, but I haven't heard. I haven't heard Jim. Jim, Jim, are you there? No, I'm not there. I'm here. You're oh, there. Perfect. Well, uh, can you see the show notes, buddy? I just am getting the studio. I got home late but I'm glad I could finally join you in getting the studio set up, found the show notes. I think I found out where you are. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I could jump all the way in. Do it. <laughs> How you been? Awesome. How are I, you? I've missed you guys. We missed you. You know, Thursday night's not the same without you. Yeah. Well, that okay. is very true. That's very kind. <sighs> but... <laughs> You right remember the old Thursday now. nights we used to? Oh, the to old do? Thursday nights. Yeah, you remember the? No, okay. Let's let's move on. <laughs> okay, uh, here we go. Let's see. Uh, there we am. Oh, there you are. <laughs> so, so, where did you just come back from? Well, see, this is the best time of year. I, I really believe that the, the weather is gorgeous. The trees are turning colors. Baseball playoffs are on the horizon, and it's Oktoberfest season. So, uh, we had a two. We had two shoe plotter performances tonight at the uh, Microsoft Campus Oktoberfest company party. That so. is awesome. So for the benefit of those who are listening to the audio <laughs> podcast and are missing out on this quality piece of what I was going to say, if you're not listening, if you're not watching this, go ahead and pause the audio, jump over to YouTube. You've got to see what's end. There you go. And that's all we're going to say. If you're yeah. just listening to the audio, you got to go check out. YouTube. I don't know what you mean. 
<laughs> you need some boom pop pop music. You need right? some boom pop yeah. I really okay. hope that the screen cap for this YouTube video is going to have Jim in it. Everybody pause. Yes. Jim talk. <laughs> I, I want to talk. I, it's, you, know, you, you set the bar so high. <laughs> All right. Uh, Over to you, buddy. But yeah, it's a, it's a good time of year. Right? Life is good, you know. Like I said, in baseball, playoffs are coming. The postseason's coming. So, by the way, on baseball term, I have decided in case you you know, well, hopefully my demise is not imminent. But should it happen, when my time comes to pass, I would like you to arrange that the Seattle Mariners become my pallbearers, if you don't mind. You- you know, because you're such a good friend, I'll do that for you. But why? Are you well, not afraid that they're going to drop you? Well, I just, I want them to be able to let me down one last time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, I think I've caught up. I think we are just, you guys were just talking about the uh, scoring of all the caching connoisseur. Yeah, we and, did. Uh, I'm, I'm more involved with just sewer. But that's not why we're all here tonight. We're tonight. We're here to ask the listeners: Are you ready for some cash maintenance? If you are, and even if you're not, we will get you ready because we brought in cash maintenance experts. Yeah, that's our friends that you've been listening to, Helen and Chris, the Land Sharks. That's Land Sharks with a Z, who I had the pleasure of finally meeting in person at the Ape event. So I know you guys have been here before. You've met a lot of a lot of the people that are listening know you guys, but just for the benefit of the doubt, we've got some new listeners. We hope tell some people that are listening a little bit about your guys and your store and you know whatever anything you want them to know about you, in case they haven't had the pleasure as I finally have of meeting you. Sure. Well, we've been geocaching since about two thousand five um, and running LandSharks.ca since two thousand six. That's a geocaching supply store, both online. And we have a brick and mortar store here in Victoria, BC, on the west coast of Canada. Um, we've got a little over 5,000 finds. Yeah, over 5,000 finds. Uh, we're professional coin designers and producers. We've geocached in Europe, all over Canada, the USA, as well as the Caribbean, Mexico, Iceland, Russia. We've hosted mega events. We've hosted we host geocaching cruises. We love the outdoors. We're on the board of directors of our local chamber of commerce. And we have five kids. They're, they're all grown up. They're all grown up. So that's us in a nutshell. That's us in a nutshell. I'm tired just <laughs> listening to that. You guys sound quite busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this show is all about cash maintenance. And really, I for those who may be new to the sport, the hobby, uh, can you explain what cash maintenance is and why is it so important? Well, it's the simple act of leaving a geocache in better shape than when you found it so that others will enjoy it. Um, it could be your own cache, but really it should extend to other caches that you come across while you're out geocaching. Um, we take the responsibility to maintain our own caches, and we also do the best we can within what's reasonable to do with other people's caches that we find as well. That's that's awesome. The the uh, golden rule to do unto others as you'd have done unto yourself. I like that. Yeah. Um, now, if someone's thinking about putting out their very first geocache, Perhaps they're listening to the podcast and they're all excited. And we know how exciting it is when one gets ready to put out their first mm-hmm. geocache. Um, what kind of advice can we give them on how to plan ahead and minimize the amount of maintenance they may need to do on that cache? Well, we we usually tell people that come here looking to um, plant their first geocache. First thing to do really is go out and find maybe 50 or 100 geocaches. It sounds like a lot, but it doesn't take that long. And get a sense for what kind of works out there and what doesn't so you're, you're knowledgeable and then you want to do things like use a good waterproof container something that will stand up to the environment um, use waterproof uh, waterproof paper log sheets or log book like right in the rain log sheets that kind of, that's, that kind of stuff um, we found geocaches that have literally been ripped apart by animals and it's that's often because there's like scented maybe maybe there's somebody put some gum in it or some candy or something that like Bath salts, bath salts, things like that. That's smelly. Or you salt. use the peanut Capstick. butter jar. Yeah, or you use a peanut butter jar. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, they, uh, you want to use something like a brand new lock and lock type container or an, or, or an animal can, something like that is ideal. Um, and then it doesn't have the uh, sort of the food smells in it. There you go. As yeah. long as you haven't had your lunch in it, then it should be all <laughs> Oh, wait, that is my lunch. Yeah, I should, I should go wash that. So then, um, other things. 
things like using a pencil, uh, not a pen, especially if you're in an area where um, your caches have a chance of freezing through the wintertime because pens can kind of erupt. Yeah. Um, and then you find a place to cover that's on that or find a place to hide it. That's kind of undercover. And one thing we see here, it's, I don't think we see it too much on newer caches, but people are used to think that they'd be protecting the cache if they put it in a garbage bag. <laughs> so you get, I don't know how many garbage bag caches you find. And the only thing the garbage bag bag does is trap all the water in there. Yeah. That is such a Vancouver mess. Island thing. I, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that you had that in the show notes. I just started giggling and then when you said it, I'm laughing out loud because this is Laura and I, when we've been, we do a lot of caching up Island, um, the yeah. Nanaimo Campbell river Parksville, And it's undoubtedly like at least a quarter of the caches we find are wrapped in a ratty old garbage bag. And we're like, what is like, this is just They're usually old caches. They're usually okay. old, old ones. And then we take a beautiful lock and lock and then wrap it in plastic. It's going to still get wet inside. Mm-hmm. So just it, yeah, yeah. So don't do that. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I talked about all the reasons I love fall just just a couple of minutes ago. But why is fall maybe a good time to be thinking about cash maintenance? Well, any time is a good time, but in the fall there is around here at least a significant change in the weather, like it gets wet, and it's also a good idea to make sure that your caches are able to withstand the coming winter conditions, whether it be rain, snow, um, whatever's coming your way. For us, that's a lot of rain, but in a lot of Canada and the northern U.S., that's freezing conditions. So um, also geocaches get a lot more visits during the summer. So it's a good time to go out there, check on them, freshen up the swag, replace logbooks, make sure that they're, you know, ready for, you know, maybe a little bit slower season, but at least refresh them after the summer because it can be really busy, especially here on the island and geocaching. Great points. Yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. It's a really good way of explaining why this is one of the key times to get out and, and go do that maintenance. And, you know, our next question for you guys is there's another key time too, yeah. like in the spring, in the spring, because, because then you, you've survived the winter, hopefully. And then your chances are the amount of caches that are where the finders are going to go up again through the summer. So you want to kind of make sure your cache is in good shape. So it's good to sure. go in the spring too. It's a good idea to check on them. Even if you, um, don't have any logs that say needs maintenance, just go for a hike, go check on your caches. We found one of ours where the people had actually taken the lid off the lock and lock and flipped it over and put it on upside down. And they'd managed to crack it down and put the lid back on, but it was upside down. The gasket was facing up. We never would have known that if we I didn't even think that was a thing, but apparently you can do that. It's possible to do it. You gotta really want to put that lid on upside down. I don't know. Yeah. They're pretty they're pretty challenging with lock and locks, you know. Yeah. Chris is in his studio trying to put the lid on upside down. <laughs> I've never even considered that. Now that's yeah. a whole new level to a challenge I'm going to accept. <laughs> no, you don't need to accept that. And listeners, don't bother. Just put the lid on the correct way. Please. Yeah. It's really not that hard. Yeah. It's actually a lot easier to put it on the right way. Yeah. Oh man. So speaking of cashers, um we all expect perhaps or maybe we don't but that there should be some basic supplies that you carry that allow you to do some sort of field maintenance on caches now you guys are talking about leave them in better shape than you found them um what kind of things would you suggest are simple easy regular carry type things that cashers should have on them when they go out well we put together a a little list of of things trying to think this through actually when we were looking at the show notes and um so fresh log books, log sheets are, are definitely one. Around here, they often, you know, they often do get wet. So sometimes uh, log sheet, log books are just absolutely unusable. Um, pencil, a pencil sharpener is a good one. Help, help a pencil sharpener. She's always got a pencil sharpener because often the cash is a pencil. Of course, the the lens broken. It's, it's needs to be sharpened. Or just worn down. Worn or down. just worn down. Yeah. So um, paper towel. We actually carry a little bit of paper towel, just a few sheets, and then um, so if the uh, cash is all wet, you can just kind of wipe it out. Um, we don't have a dog anymore, but we still carry doggy little garbage bags, the ones on a roll. Um, cause mm-hmm. if, if there is that, that also gets into kind of cleaning up the area if, if necessary, but if there is some garbage or something like that in the, uh, in the cache that needs to be kind of removed, you can use the little garbage or just bags. Use the bag that the cache is wrapped in. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, we've they're usually that. all holy yeah. and, and like, yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they're holy bags. <laughs> <laughs> um, we carry a bit of swag, um, just 
you know, to liven up some caches. Uh, zipper bags, little Ziploc, um, not Ziploc type, but a little, a little stronger than that. But anyway, zipper bags to put, uh, say, a, a log sheet in or something like that. And O-rings, we usually um, bring a couple extra O-rings too because sometimes the little bison tubes, the little O-rings and the lids will... And this basically one size O-ring kind of fits all those things. So we'll carry a couple O-rings just in case. Oh, wow. And hand sanitizer. I like she likes, she has gloves and a hand sanitizer. Gloves just, and hand sanitizer. I don't, like, I don't get it, but whatever. And one thing you can do with the, with the lock and lock type of containers is you can actually take the gasket out of the lid and take your paper towel and wipe the track where the gasket sits mm. and wipe the gasket and put it back in again. I mean, Especially just, if the lid's been put on upside down. Yeah. 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 But even if it hasn't, that's an area where mold can grow or if it gets damp in there, it just continues to get the cash damp. That's, that's, yeah, that's a really good so we, suggestion. Yeah. And we, we will, um, I will pull out things that are basically trashed. I don't put trash that's in cool. a cache. Is that mm-hmm. coming up later? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> too. You guys, one of the things you mentioned were pencils and having recently found a, um, a uh, land sharks cache, um, that I posted a picture of that I found, over on the mainland here, there's something unique about land sharks pencils in oh, yeah. that I love. Chris, can you tell people what it is? Got one um, can we show one for people that watch here. it on YouTube? Uh, it's, it's got a little, uh, I kind of came, I couldn't bear the thought of having making pencils available without having something kind of written on them. So basically it says geocache pencil, do not chew. That's pretty simple, <laughs> but it's good advice, I think. Are they <laughs> small bite-sized pencils? Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're little. <laughs> Do not I, I always get a kick out of that because I'm thinking, I'm not going to put anything I find in a geocache in my mouth, but okay. Well, so you're following the advice. It's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> Some people need that kind of advice. Yeah. yeah the person yeah. who put the lid on upside down, probably. <laughs> Likely, yes. Now, we're here in the Northwest and things get very wet, but you know, throughout the country, there are so many different um, climates. Uh, how does cash maintenance differ in, you know, somewhere where it's warm all the time or, you know, they get a lot of snow or maybe don't get a lot of snow? Um, where we are, there's lots of rain. So the biggest issue is sogginess. We call them a soggy loggy. Um, we've done lots of caching in drier climates and we've actually seen sun damaged plastic containers where they crack and, um, or if they're hidden under rocks, they can get beaten up. So somebody hides one, you know, in a, in a, in a crevice, but then they pile rocks on it. The, the top of the cache or the sides can get, can actually crack. Um, and then animals are always an issue. If people leave scented things, we've, you know, in all the years of caching, we've probably found by a good dozen caches that have been had scratch marks or bite marks or things in them. So that's why it's super important not to leave um, that sort of stuff. The smelly things like lip gloss, whatever in caches, just don't do it. I think the biggest thing, well, I mean, maybe it's partly to do with where we are is the, is the water. Because not only, um, well, people will open a cache, they'll sign the log, it's pouring down rain. And maybe they're even using their body to kind of cover it up a little so it doesn't get too much water in. But then you close it down. Yeah, that happens a few times and it just gets it gets really wet. But yeah, the desert, there's lots of rock kind of damage in the desert because a lot of times the caches are hidden under little piles of rocks and things. Um, yeah, snow, um, I think I say the damage in the, in the freezing environments is things that freeze inside the caches. Um, like so, pens. Yeah. They pens explode. We've found exploding, exploded pens. I found that with um, letterbox caches, the ink pads um, or the self uh, inking stamps can be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I never would have thought of that. Mm -mm. Yeah, it's not such a big deal on the the coast here because we do get a little bit of freezing, but it's not, you know, you you go east and it'll get down, you know, it'll get down pretty cold and stay there. Well, and then, you know, I've seen where a cache has been frozen to the ground or frozen in its hidey hole, you know, and people will yank and pull at that yeah, or, you know, take There's, out hot water to help thaw things out. And, you know, that can be 
damaging to the cache? There's a series of caches in Canada called the Great White North Geotour, or no, Great White North. Great White North Geotour caches. So there's a geocache in the capital city of each province. So 10 of them across the country. And then there's a, if you, there's a number in the lid. When you find all the caches, you use those numbers to find the final, which is in Ottawa. So if you actually go out of your way to go to these places, you have to do a lot of traveling. It's a pretty big country. So we were in, was it Quebec or where we was We were it? in Fredericton. Fredericton, New Brunswick. And the totem pole had been taken away for maintenance. So one of the stages was gone. But there was one, was it Ottawa? That was so frozen? we actually, we tried to just sort of find it. Figure Anyways, it we couldn't. So we, had, we ended up having to go back to Fredericton. Hmm. And then there was another one, though, that was frozen in, in place. And oh, the final. Yeah, oh, yeah it was the, the final. final in Ottawa. We were there in January. And it was frozen, frozen solid. rock solid. And so I got a hold of the cash owner and she came out the next day with bottles, like thermoses, multiple thermoses full of hot water. And we still couldn't get it out. So we had to actually go back to Ottawa again to log that one. <sighs> so two wow. trips to Fredericton, two trips to Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. We worked hard for that one. Let me yeah. tell you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Impressive. All right. Well, you, uh, you alluded to picking up stuff around the cache yeah. and you know, geocache is well, we're always encouraged to CETO wherever you go, not just on CETO Souvenir Weekends. But can you give some, what's the differentiation between the CETO and uh, just cash maintenance? Are there some differences there? Um, the, way, the way I would look at it is um, clean, CETO is kind of cleaning up the area around and cash maintenance is more about the geocache. And I would say that CETO, the CETO philosophy is about being a good citizen. Um, and cache maintenance is about being a good member of the geocaching community. So what you're doing with the CETO, obviously, is, is cleaning up. If you find garbage in and around an area when you're out geocaching, good practice to pick it up. Just leave the place a little bit uh, cleaner than when you when you got there. And then if the cache needs some maintenance, even if it's not yours, just you know take a minute to, to kind of bring it up a little level and, and make it be in better condition than when you left or when you arrived, rather. And, uh, and then you're being a good citizen and you're also being a good member of the community. Cool. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Keepers of the Cash Flow says, CETO every day, nation <laughs> mark there. So yeah, good for them. And I, I think that's a really, it's a really good distinction to make. So thanks for sharing that. Now we talked about a few times about caches in various states <clears throat> of repair. So guys, if you come across a cache that needs like a major serious maintenance, like it, it's trashed, uh, you know, the, the the garbage bag it was wrapped in is gone and uh, the lid was put on upside down. And, uh, Who yeah. would do that? Yeah. <laughs> the Ziploc is inside out yet somehow yeah. sealed. <laughs> so so what, what would you advise people to do? What do you do or what would you advise people to do in a situation where the cache is in really bad shape? Well, if the container is actually broken, that's, that's for me, that's the biggie um, because we don't usually go prepared to replace containers. Um, though we have in a situation where if a t- container is cracked um, and we have, if we actually have a larger Ziploc bag, we would put the contents inside the Ziploc bag and put it back in the broken container. Um, we would pick up garbage and let the cash owner know, like we, if it's got bottle caps and, you know, just kind of crap stuff in the in the cache. We'll, you know, take all that out. We'll um, we will replace a log. Now I know not everyone does that, so it's debatable. But we will take a soaking wet log or a full log. Full ones we'll leave if there's space. But if it's you know a bison and nothing else is going to fit, you, I would take out the full one and replace it with a brand new one and send a note to the cache owner and ask them if they want it back. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, we did that for a local cash owner here. His logbook was absolutely soaking. It was beginning to compost and nobody had said anything in any of the logs. You couldn't sign it. Couldn't sign it at all. But we had a brand new right in the main logbook with us. So we took it out and I sent him a message on the geocaching messenger thing to say, Hey, I've taken this out. This is the situation. Let me know what you want me to do with it. And we left a brand new logbook there. Um, but anytime we email a CEO, if they do get back to us, 100% of the time, they tell us just to toss the old blog. They've never said they want it. They never said, you know, send us photos of it. They've always just we, said. We let them make that call. But well, I mean, totally. if it's absolutely garbage, then we'll take it out of there. Yeah. Um, also, if a cache is completely destroyed, we've been to some where, say, an animal has actually ripped it apart and it's just strewn all over the place and the container's broken and it is truly just garbage. We will pick up the whole thing, put it in a garbage bag throw it out, take, maybe take a picture so the cash owner can see what happened, um, but then connect, connect with the cash owner and just say, look, this is the yeah. situation here. And um, 
if you're, if you're respectful thing. about the, the people and the caches and the, and the environment around you, there's usually, I, I don't think we've ever run into any issues doing no. that kind of thing. And, um, but then the small, so yeah, it depends on the level of, of destruction, I guess, <laughs> of the cache. But um, yeah, we just try and clean things up. and uh, We dump out stuff, like if there's sand in the cache or sticks or bits of stone. pine needles and, you know, forest debris. The, we will the, the dump all that out. And the pine needles are what people have traded for this stuff. That's all my swag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Took yeah. geocoin, left pine needle. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so and, we and we carry stuff. We always have swag. We got pins. We got all sorts of stuff all the time. So we will restock anyone's cash if it's just totally, you know, needing needing some new trade items. But our theory behind taking out someone's cash, like actually if something's been trashed by an animal or whatever and removing it, is that we're saving them a trip out into the woods, especially if it's a big hike. We're saving them having to go do that. Sure. Boy, you're the kind of people I want finding my caches. <laughs> now, if if you say the cache is broken and uh, you know littered about, you pick it all up, put it in a garbage bag, and then you rehide it, right? Because you've got the garbage bag already there. Yeah, right. totally. Look at yourself and talk. Yeah. So, um, I think that's it, Line Monkey. I think you're up. Am I? Oh, I thought it was. Uh, oh, is it me? Sorry, I got distracted. Yeah, shiny um, things. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> if somebody wanted to stock up on cash maintenance supplies, where would they go? And this goes into a question we got earlier in the chat from MC3Cats is what does Landshark sell for cash maintenance kits? Well, the place to go is obviously landsharks.ca. Or the shark store <laughs> if you're here in Victoria. Um, so we have basically everything we have here is is for making good caches. So, but um, cash and carry, we have a little kit called a cash and carry swag bag, and it's got a little carabiner on it and a zipper, and it's ideal for carrying some extra swag. But it's also ideal for put, you know for putting some of these cash maintenance type things into and having it with you at all times. It comes stocked with some of them already. Yeah, like it's got a. A whole bunch of um it's got zipper bags it's got some pencils has a sharpener um it ha and yeah i don't think it's got log sheets or log books but it, it, you know it's got the basics and then you can add to it if you want to it's a nice little size you can clip on a backpack really easy um but then we have all kinds of selection of waterproof log log books um and log sheets for this for the smaller caches pencils um the containers themselves, of course, for you have ammo cans and lock and locks camouflaged in different types of uh, ammo. Um, and we also have all kinds of things you might need for trackable maintenance, but that might be another story, you know, totally. But, uh, you know. What else do we have? Nice. Yeah. Lots, um, of Lots of stuff. <laughs> well, MC3Cats also says it looks like Land Sharks has a brick and mortar store. Yep. Where on uh, Victoria Island is it located? Vancouver. Vancouver, Vancouver Island. Island. Sorry, Vancouver <laughs> Island. Victoria, he says? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I am. Um... So we're in the municipality of Esquimalt, which is by, uh, right near the Navy base. Um, so our address is 1244 Esquimalt Road. Um, and it's, um, it's like a suburb of Victoria. So, so uh, you're at my address could be Victoria. It could be Esquimalt. So we're very, very close we're to about, downtown. Uh, we're about 10 minutes on the bus. Or, or drive or whatever. Kind of like southeast of like downtown Victoria, right? That's right. You can actually yeah. walk here from downtown Victoria. Take about 40 minutes. Yeah. It's a scenic walk with lots of caches. It is. Oh. Waterfront walkway. Yeah, it's beautiful. There's a lot of caches in Victoria. It's a, It's also, it's a cruise ship stop. So a lot of people, it's, it's a popular destination. Yeah. For caching. And a lot of people in other, we're probably the nicest climate in Canada during the wintertime. So a lot of people... Um, make their way this way during the winter, and uh, so it's a popular destination for caching in the wintertime. That's why our caches get so wet, I guess. Yeah, you can cache year round, and people do. Yeah. So, finding a wet cache doesn't mean that it was a bad container, it could just mean that the last few, few people found it during the rain. Absolutely, that's true. That's true. Or put the lid on upside down. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one just gets me. I've only seen that once, I've only seen it the once. That would be strange, but true. Here's our first strange, but true. Like how you've done that. Yeah. Nicely tied in. All right. So 
Uh, I think that's pretty much it for the questions we had. Um, Chris, did you have anything else? Me, Chris. Uh, no, I, <laughs> first of all, I want to say thank you guys for coming on and talking to us. We really appreciate it. Um, Our pleasures. Now we're going to get to see you this weekend at GeoCoin Fest. You yes. are? So, we're going to be leaving. We're going to be on the seven o'clock ferry on our way out of here tomorrow morning. Cool deal. Yeah. Did you see you at the, uh, at the uh, noon lunch event? No. That might be pushing it. That's no, pushing it. That's no, pushing we'll be it. at the evening. What, we'll be at the meet and greet in the evening, probably yeah. by about seven. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll be at the Sasquatch really, um, hunt the opening mm-hmm. thing at the donut place at eight or so in the morning. Right. Um, yeah. And then Sunday, we're actually volunteering at Geocoin Fest. We're not, we're not vendors. We're just there to play and to help out. Nice. Well done. They're such good people. They are. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we'll have some trades in our pocket. So make sure and come and see us. Ooh. Um, our office manager, Christy, is coming with us too. And Christy and Chris and I each have a unique trade item that when you put them together, they make a set. Oh, nice. that's cool. So oh, now now yeah. we got to find all three of you. You've yeah, got to right. find all three of yeah. us to get a set. I wonder where I can find you guys. I'll have to keep my eyes open. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have to keep, we'll have to hide from you <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a whole new game Other than matters. <laughs> it's called land monkey run <laughs> <laughs> awesome well folks we want to uh thank our faithful denali level supporters um so that would be uh of course land sharks thank you guys for your support of the podcast we really appreciate that and, uh, and of course, Bounce Bounce, Team Squirrel, Limax, and WorldCaching.com. Folks, if you want to know more about supporting this show, like I said at the beginning, click that Patreon link on the CachingNW.com website, and then you will have the unique pleasure of once a week me reading your name, like I'm about to do, which goes a little bit like uh, this. Broncos fan for life, spreader, camp clan, tick magnet, Kev Mac D, Subway Mark Doramore, Dune Buddy, Kid Vegas 19, Geo Navros, Wino Seattle, Acker Doc. Billy Robson, Nyes, Antaeus, Keats94, Curiosity Girl, Trexer Zero, MC3 Cats, Kennel Barb, and of course, Land Sharks. Yay. All right. <clears throat> well, we appreciate each and every one of those and every other listener too. And if one of those listeners wanted to get in touch with people, let's throw out some contact information and let's uh, toss it to our guests. Where could people find you on the interwebs? How would you like them to contact you if you want them to? Um, on Instagram and YouTube, we're at Go Land Sharks, and on Facebook and Twitter, we're Land Sharks. All right, it's Land Sharks with a Z. It is Land Sharks with a Z. Yeah. How about you, Land Monkey? Hey, so you can find me at LandMonkeyGC on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope, and I'm sure I'll be periscoping at least once this coming weekend from the Issaquah event area. Um, of course, on Facebook, it's Team Land Monkey. And on YouTube, hey, we just, episode five just dropped this week. Um, we take you to Stockholm, Sweden, and uh, you can even watch me lip sync ABBA songs. It's uh, it's a unique experience, that's for sure. Right, that's, <laughs> don't do it on a full stomach. Don't watch it on <laughs> Or, or don't watch it with the audio on. There's another option there. But anyways. Um, Land monkey uh, lip syncing. Where have I seen that before? <laughs> it's uh, So that's on YouTube. Just look for Land Monkey, as Brian Lang loves me saying, L-A-N-M-O-N-K-E-Y on YouTube. Mm. What's that, my friend? How about you? You can find me here, there, everywhere. Wits End. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, geocaching.com, and all those kind of places. Sadly, one place you won't find me is at the GeoCoin Fest because, well, after a series of poor life and career choices, I have to work Sunday. Not going to make it, but enjoy. Chris of the Northwest, how about you? Oh, look for me on Twitter or Facebook under Caching and W. You know what? Better yet, head on over to cachingnw.com slash hosts, read our bios, and find all the links that we mentioned there. That's right. And... As we said, we want to thank each and every one of you for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this here very episode of Caching in the Northwest. You could be part of the show, you know. Give us a call, 253-693-TFTC. Leave us a comment. Ask us a question. Replace a cache log anytime, day or night. And, of course, 
You can also email feedback at cachingnw.com. Your support helps to keep quality shows coming. If you like the show, why don't you trot on over, click the Patreon link on the cachingnw.com website, and you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever your favorite podcasting application might be. This show is produced by Chris Umfenauer and Jay Kennedy and hosted by Chris J and little old me. This show is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license copyright 2018 by Chris hour. And now, hang out, stay tuned, and listen on into the after show. That thing. Nice. Hey, folks, thank you so much. You bet. Now, Helen and Chris, we do a little thing we call The After Show. And it's just an opportunity for us to be able to chat with the folks who have been so patient and watched us live online. And and they've put some things with the hashtag FTAS for The After Show, hashtag FTAS, call it. Let me breathe and keep talking. Please do. And um, it's just a great time to make this a friendly little podcast instead of this big nationwide thing we have going or worldwide thing. (laughs) Yeah, we bring it on home. That's right. Ryling says, uh, I'm bringing some BCGA geocoins for sale. I'm Mm. assuming to GCF. That's geocoin fest for the uninitiated. $5 $5 each. And I don't know if that's $5 Canadian or $5 US. I'm sure he'll take either. He'll take, either one. He'll take yeah. US at par, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. Maybe $5 Australian. And and that is so if you don't get the chance to win one of those cool BCGA geocoins in the uh, the draw that we're doing at the Caching of the Northwest booth, then you can buy your own from Brylang. So there you go. Somebody put a 2009, I believe it was, member-only edition Geo- BCGA geocoin in a cache here recently when they were doing, they went out to do cache maintenance on their night cache, and they left a, one of these unactivated as a new prize. And the guy that found it was actually going to activate it and just send it out to travel. Wow. <laughs> we kind of, we, no, we no. put the halt on it because it was the one that was, um, the woven shape with the translucence that we made way, way, way back. And we said, it's, it's too fragile. It actually won't stand up to being going in and out of caches all the time. Oh, wow. It's, it's, yeah. It's the, pretty incredible looking coin. It's a pretty incredible coin. There you go. Hey, MC three cats, uh, Chris and Helen yeah. wants to know what are the hours for your store? Nine 30 to five 30 Monday to Saturday, except for we're closed stat holidays. There you go. So, so every Saturday, even if you guys want to go out caching, your store is still open. We've got well. There's six of us. Yeah, we got a few staff. We have we We're have busy. staff. <laughs> some some Saturdays three times, almost. Okay. Yeah. For different parts of us, there's no there's no clone that can actually do it all. <laughs> yeah. We got we got clones for pieces of what we do. And, We're uh, here the occasional Saturday. Chris and I work, but usually we've got um, a young lady who does is helping with our Alex. social media, Alex, and she works on Saturdays. Yep. Very. Cool. It also allows us to get orders out like the next, like as soon as somebody orders online. If it's before the mail cutoff time, we can usually get them out the same day, but definitely the day after, you know, the next day type of service for orders and things. So, and we can be consistent with that because we're run, we're basically we're staffed, you know, five days or six days a week. Very cool. And and so if, you know, obviously there seems to be a little bit of interest in the chat about coming out and checking out the brick and mortar Land Sharks store. Um, okay. If folks are thinking about doing that, you can find where the store is by looking for their cash on the geocaching right. app. Yeah, it's called Geocaching News. Read all about it. Hey, what Do you know offhand the GC code? I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> I'll try, I'll try Chris is going to Actually, look it up. Kev, Kev McDee will probably have it long Kev McDee will have it long before Chris will find <laughs> it, I'm sure. I'm not sure. Kev might be working today. I don't see him. Uh, uh, but um, well, he, He's well, usually the research guru right on top of things. Real he's fast, one of them, right? that's for sure. Uh, so, so while he's looking that up, I would also throw out there to the chat and anybody else who's listening, if you would like to check out the Landshark store uh, later this winter, uh, we're talking with the Land Sharks about uh, doing an event where the hosts from Cash in the Northwest and anybody else who wants to come and meet us, uh, anybody who wants to travel up from Washington State area and check out uh, the Land Shark store and just have a really neat time in Victoria, 
Um, yeah. we'll, we'll figure out the dates and we'll make sure the event gets published and let everybody know about it. Cashing the Northwest doing an autograph session at the shark store. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> awesome. uh, so it's GC five Z four N two. So five Zulu four November two. And seconds before you said that, Brylang posted in the chat. <laughs> we had an event the other day, so I'm looking, I'm on my app here, and the event's like right on top of it. It's like, oh, crap, I'm pressing the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Getting the wrong, the wrong uh, cache type there. That's yeah. awesome. So there you go. And and uh, MC3Cat says awesome and is very thankful for that. Yeah, super. So, yeah, everybody's, of course, welcome to come by. So the store, actually, when you when you come here, it's not actually called the Land Shark Store. It's called the Sharks Store. Um, because we actually, a good percentage of what we do also is, is um, challenge coins for military, police, fire departments. And so that they're not confused online by sort of this geocaching website that we have a whole other persona, if you like, the Sharks Coins. And so so that we're kind of recognizable to both our coin clients and also the, uh, the geocaching community we call the store, the Sharks Store. We have 20 activated trackables in the, in the store where people can scout around kind of and find around them all. They're hidden the all. Well, they're hidden. They're, they're hidden in plain sight. Yeah. But there's tracking numbers on all sorts of things, including our staff. One of our staff is a human trackable. <laughs> um, she has a trackable coffee cup. And yeah. I think I know which staff member that would be. But, yeah. yeah. You might be able to log her today or this weekend. This weekend. There you go. <laughs> There's the hint. That's awesome. All right. So folks want to want to know about uh, in the chat. They they want to know about this log up. But we we team. Yeah, yeah, up so now. awesome. I know Helen and Chris are really excited to talk about this. Well, at least Helen is, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I am too because I think this is really really cool. And I'm excited to talk about it. And I'm excited to meet up with some of my lackey friends this weekend and talk to them about it as well. But. So here's the here's the news article. I'll read it out, and then we can jump into this from there. So um, FAQ on log up votes. Now the up votes piece is very important. The up piece of that. So keep that in mind. So story goes: At Geocaching HQ, we want to encourage the sharing of fun, helpful, and inspiring logs. Sounds a lot like glows to me. All right, keeping moving here. As you browse log entries on geocaching.com, you'll notice most helpful and great story buttons available on found it, attended, and webcam photo taken and DNF logs. You can now vote for logs which you feel include story-worthy moments, an inspiring tale about the journey to the cache, or helpful tips. Now be cautious of highlighting spoiler logs as cache owners may possibly delete those logs. So where is this feature available? Well, in the cool countries. Uh, Canada and Norway uh, on geocaching.com. Those are the only two countries. You, you mean cold countries? No, I mean like cool, like awesome mm. countries. Uh, like so cool you got to wear shades. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> At night. <laughs> At night. <laughs> and a toque. Um, so uh, geocaching.com says they want to see how geocachers respond to upvoting before they release it to a wider audience. So uh, Norway was the first pilot country. We saw it there in the summer when we traveled there with the land sharks. And now it's available in Canada. So that's really exciting. So you kind of just brought it back home with you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think Helen did. She, she stuck it in her luggage. Yeah. <laughs> Chris and I were too busy bringing back scotch, but Helen brought back upvoting. <laughs> Awesome. Um, so, uh, Jim, do you want to jump in and read some more of this? Well, <clears throat> you might ask, why vote? Well, geocaching, yeah, there you go. Thanks. <laughs> Geocaching.com hopes that this feature is going to encourage cash finders to show their appreciation to the cash hiders. It's kind of a campaign. You could call it an anti-TFTC campaign. Unless, of course... You're using TFTC as part of the 253693 TFTC. That's acceptable. But I think that's the only place that we want to see TFTC. <laughs> if you if you upvote the logs on geocache.com, you're helping influence which logs rise to the top. And you never know, one of those logs might wind up as a glow. If the log you find helpful or as a great story, vote it up and uh, you might help other geocachers discover interesting log entries. So the Northwest, which log types can even be upvoted? Well, you know, not every log type can be upvoted, but the found it, the DNF did not find it. 
attended and webcam photo taken logs can be upvoted on both active, and this is interesting, archived caches on geocaching.com. Okay. okay, why would you do that? Well, okay, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll let us finish this story, but then I'm <laughs> really curious about that archived bit. Okay, so, well, you know, because great logs simply make geocaching better. I, I say this every week, Land Monkey, you'll get it one week. I knew I heard it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody listens to me. But if the cache is what it amounts to. Why are you worrying about making it better? Okay, uh, keep going. So, well, you may ask who can vote. Who can vote? Who can vote? Validated geocaching premium and basic members can vote on logs. Simply log in and vote on that log. So, so basic members can basic members can do it. But how, how does one vote on a log? Well, below each log, there are most helpful and great story buttons. Just the two. Mm -hmm. There's no, this is a terrible one. <laughs> no. You suck. Yeah. yeah. Most helpful and great story buttons. Selecting either of the buttons add an, adds an upvote in that category. Okay. You also have to move to Canada first. Well, no. You no, there are to log okay. a cache in Canada. Okay. So, so let's just go log all the virtuals. Yeah. You and can start with Canadian logs, not just Canadian geocachers that can vote. That's correct. Okay. We allow, we allow others. Yeah. You guys are so very nice. <laughs> we really are. I mean, stole it from the Norwegians. I'll give you that. But other than that, you're really quite nice. That's probably why it's being tested here. <laughs> it is. That's exactly what I heard from HQ. Is that we're nice. Because we're nice. And if we're not, we say sorry. That's right. <laughs> I'm surprised there wasn't a sorry button. At all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. So um, there's so there's a lot a lot more stuff. We won't we won't read through all this. But I, what I do want to just one more thing I want to read is the downvotes. So there is a question: Why aren't there downvotes? And at HQ they they say at HQ we want to encourage the sharing of fun, helpful, and inspiring logs. Downvoting logs could discourage the writing of logs altogether. Hmm. By introducing upvotes, logs whose authors shared their caching experience will have the opportunity to rise to the top when sorted. While logs that leave something to be that leave something to be desired will filter down. So, the the, the premise being that um, by only having the implicitly um, positive feedback, it will encourage that methodology. And I think that's a really good idea. You can, if you accidentally upvote something, you're like, oh shoot, I didn't mean to upvote that. You can actually click the upvote. Um, you can button. unclick it. Okay. And, yeah, and click it a second time and it removes Just your... click, unclick hard. Yeah. Unclick, yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So is voting available on the geocaching.com app? No, no, only on the website at this time. There you go. Um, and in the chat, somebody asked, let me go find it. Uh, Trexer asked, is there a way to tell if a log gets upvoted? Well... No, you just have to go look. Um, the there's no notifications. There's no notification okay. of the cash owner getting notified if their uh, log gets an upvote or if the author gets an upvote on their log. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about that before the show, suggesting that might be some good feedback that for geocaching.com because then be it provides some on. useful feedback to the people writing the logs mm -hmm. um, that their logs are appreciated, right? Yeah, exactly. Because not everybody calls them in for a glow. So that's right. And not everybody goes back and looks at their past logs from other caches they've been to or, or other people's logs on other caches. And I things. do so all I, the time. I look at my past uh, logs to see if they've changed and they haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, if you're a cache owner and you see a log on one of your caches that you like, you can upvote that, but you can't upvote a log that you've authored that, you, you know, someone other thing else. You can't, Write a great log and then go upvote it. Not yourself. No. Right. Can't upvote your own log. And if somebody, if you do write an amazing log and people upvote it, you won't know unless you go back to look at that log. So I think it would be, it would really incentivize people to write great logs yeah. if you did get a little notification that, oh, you know, your log's been upvoted. I think it would, you know, give you a warm fuzzy and you go, hey, I'm going to write more great logs. 
We yes. should go and check out. We have a liar cache. We have some a liar amazing cache. Logs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. It's full of amazing logs. Hey, I should send some in for glows. Yeah. Yes. There, was, there was one like that near where we worked for a while. I don't know if it's still around or not. Let's look at that. Oh, yes. I remember that. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. So, upvoting. It's a thing in Canada and Norway. And so, my American friends, if you would love to see upvoting, check out some Canadian caches or better yet, come up and visit. Find some of our caches. Write great logs and your log, too, will get upvoted. <laughs> There you go. Let's see. I think that's it. Um, keeping it positive. Who wants to see neg the negative logs? Says MC3 Cats. He yeah. says he could mention that to Brian tomorrow. There you go. And, and Just make sure you give land sharks credit. Exactly. They deserve it. Well, I think Brian Lang also somewhere in there said... Uh, for the after show, why did the lion sharks cross the road? Mm. Well, to get question. to the sunny side. Oh, okay, there you go. The sunny side. We Simple were north enough. facing before, now we're south facing, and it's gorgeous in here. Simple enough. Yeah. See how much greener it is behind them already? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See this tree that's growing out of the <laughs> corner of the store? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It's a nice tube tree. Ooh. It is. And we have a Halloween. There's a skull on there with glow-in-the-dark eyes. Very cool. It just sprouts at this time of year? Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Crop is almost ripe. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to pick. That's awesome. Well, you know, uh, I think we'll wrap it up here. So, again, uh, Chris and Helen from Land Sharks, thank you so much, first of all, for coming on the show, and secondly, for being the new sponsors for the podcast, both things we appreciate very much absolutely yes pleasure, it's a pleasure. You you're very welcome it's a great Huge show day. we're happy to sponsor it. we're happy to promote it oh stop <laughs> <laughs> you're sending mixed message messages there what's in <laughs> folks until next week get out and get cashing in the northwest <laughs>